3: From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: How's it going? Anybody got a mask mandate anywhere? Text us 415 295 KFTC. Either for have you gone into a business yet that has one or your school or anything? It's popping up no. in various places around the country. I don't know if any of the many places we're on the air or not
3: breaking news guy farting in elevator is running five points ahead of joe biden in the latest polls you stay with us an aggressive scent that's right well uh, forget about harvard harvard is yesterday's news it's uh, no better than your community college the new college rankings are out oh by who well, actually, it's not the the dopey uh, U.S. News and World Report, which is one of the few reasons they actually still exist, I think. But uh, it's the Wall Street Journal College Pulse 2024 Best Colleges in the U.S. Uh, their methodology is interesting.
0: But just keep in mind, if you don't go to one of these best colleges, you will have a miserable future. You will fail uh-huh. in life and there will be no happiness.
3: Yeah. What future? What are you talking about? Um so they uh, they graded the colleges on the difference it'll make in your salary. Having gone there. The college's uh, ability to help you graduate in four years.
0: There's an interesting way to look at college. How much will it affect your ability to make a living in the world? I'll be darned. Uh, yeah. Um, how much debt you
3: emerge with and how long it would take you to pay it off. Um, academic opportunities, and, and, and that sort of thing. It's, it's a pretty wide range of scores, and if you're going to rank colleges and universities at all, um, it
0: seems like a reasonable way to do it. Well, I, I'm, I'm more on the side of those people who photoshopped pictures of their kids playing sports that didn't they didn't play so that they could get into the right colleges. And the only real way to judge a college is how impressed will people be when I tell them that my kid goes there? That's the way you judge a college.
3: Yes, will this elevate my social standing among the right people? All right, here we go. Application error. A client-side exception has occurred. Okay, as he tries to actually uh, open the poll. That's uh, bitterly disappointing. <laughs> Although, I believe I can tell you the, uh, the top school is Princeton at this point. All right. Princeton. I've, I went to Princeton, as I've made clear many times, uh, to pick up a pizza once while visiting my uh, aunt and uncle and cousins. Uh, and the rest of the uh, list will remain a mystery, <laughs> apparently, until I can reopen this.
0: Also, the list came out yesterday of the colleges that have the least free speech And the headline being, the college that finished DFL, that's dead dang last, with the least free speech, got a zero score, was Harvard, who now has about a little over 1% of the faculty list themselves as a conservative, and then you combine that with the fact that they don't let anybody right of Bernie Sanders speak there, um... They got a zero for free speech to
3: quote the heroes at fire.org. In 2020, Harvard ranked 46th out of 55 schools. In 2021, it ranked 130 out of 154 because they're ranking more and more. Last year, it ranked 170 out of 203 schools. And this year, Harvard completed its downward spiral in dramatic fashion, coming in dead last with the worst score ever, 0.00 out of a possible 100. This earns it the notorious distinction of being the only school ranked this year with an abysmal speech climate. What's more, granting Harvard a score of zero is generous. Its actual score is 10 more than six standard deviations below the average and more than two standard deviations below the second-to-last school in the ranking. It's Ivy League counterpart, the University of Pennsylvania. Just absolutely miserable. And we can get back to those rankings. Uh, I have all, uh, opened the uh, form attempted website on a different device. Yes, sir.
0: And what would you imagine uh, many of the famous faculty members there you see them on cable news shows all the time, professors from Harvard weighing in as the expert on whatever topic. What would their what would they say about it? Because I'm assuming they're okay with it. I'm assuming well, yeah, most of the people at Harvard are happy about this. So what would there be their
3: argument? I think they would say, well, all we're doing is keeping abhorrent points of view off the campus. Like, you know, I was going to say child rape, but there are quite a few on the far left that are kind of soft on that. Um, You know, it's like keeping Nazis off of campus or murderers. That's all we're doing, I suspect.
0: Yeah, that's what I assume also. It's just, yeah, because we're right about all these things and they're wrong. So So we're the only college that's 100% correct.
3: So for what it's worth, here are your top uh, tenor or so. Princeton. MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, Yale, Stanford, Columbia, Harvard and Sixth, University of Pennsylvania, Amherst College, Claremont McKenna College, which I have a feeling ranks near damn dead last in the free speech thing. Uh, It's become just a a, a, a slum, a swamp of uh, enforced progressivism. Then uh, Babson College, which I do not know, there's Georgetown at number 12, notably University of Florida's 15, Duke is 16.
0: Anyway. I don't know if there should be rankings of colleges of how good they are that leave out the um, free speech angle. The idea of going to a university where half of the country's point of view is left out seems crazy.
3: I would agree completely. And the Wall Street Journal, for all of its strengths, has really let us down because one of the standards that they uh, rate the universities on is uh, diversity, but not diversity of ideas for the love the, oh, of all wow, that is holy. Wow.
0: So you give me a ranking on how many people of different skin hues there are, but not anybody with a different point of view. That's ridiculous. Right, right.
3: The number one ranking school in the free speech rankings Michigan Technological University. Well, I'm on my way. Auburn does great. University of New Hampshire. Oregon State. Oregon State. That is interesting. In famously liberal Oregon. Good for you, Oregon State. Florida State, University of Virginia, Texas A&M, George Mason University, which may or may not be the alma mater of uh, somebody I care a great deal about, University of North Carolina, and University of Colorado rounding out the top 10. Uh, Good for everybody who scored in the top half. You are doing what universities are meant to
0: do. It's interesting how seemingly random those are. So what causes that? The...
3: How, do, how does the culture... the culture of the leadership i would guess yeah, the, the head ga, guy
0: or gal on down and it differs so much from colleges nearby mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah, really well, interesting
3: that is interesting it's a great point i'd like to do a little compare and contrast of some of the best and worst in their geographical locations and that sort of thing uh, i love fire love that organization now you want the polar opposite of what fire is going for This is striking, and again, it gives me a little hope, and I hate that, because if you have no hope, you can't be disappointed, Uh, but the New York Times, covering uh, this story about a psych professor who is about to get a job at UCLA. The headline is, DEI Statements Stir Debate on College Campuses. Well, that's one freaking way to put it. Uh, Dollar in the swear jar, Michael. I'm (laughs) sorry. I'm just, I'm a little whipped up over this. Not Short of sleep.
0: yeah, so, so, yeah, that was gratuitous. You're going to think I
3: made this up. This guy's name is Yoel Inbar. He's a noted psychology professor at the University of Toronto. Uh, his, his woman, his partner, um, got appointed to the faculty at UCLA, and it's a common thing in academia to do what they call a partner hire. Okay, her her man's an eminent uh, dude in academia as well. We can find him a gig and keep the family together, right? Mm. So anyway, uh, the university asked him to fill out the requisite papers, including a statement that affirmed his belief and work in diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's right, friends. You have to swear an oath of fealty to a particular uh, agenda and ideology to get hired at California universities, public universities swearing an oath to a particular point of view, which ought to disgust and anger every sentient human with a soul. But reading on, he flew out and met with, among others, a faculty diversity committee and a group of graduate students. He figured all had gone well, that his work in liberal politics fit well with the university. Some faculty members, he said, even advised him on house hunting.
0: And by diversity, they don't mean Ben Shapiro gets to come speak about conservative values. They don't mean (gasps) that by diversity. Absolutely not. That would be madness.
3: So uh, he figured all had gone well. Ah, so there it is. But a few days later, the department chair emailed him and told him that more than 50 graduate students had signed a letter strongly denouncing his candidacy. Why? In part because on his podcast years earlier, he had opposed diversity statements like the one he had just written. So this guy got on his knees submitted to the ideology police, wrote out his statement of fealty and religious fervor to their point of view, but because at some point in years past he had expressed discomfort with that very practice, 50 grad students said he can't be here. His voice can't be heard here at UCLA.
0: It's a religion that doesn't take conversions, which is usually seen as pretty uh, strict. That's a good way to put it.
3: UCLA ought to be sold to the highest bidder and turned into low-income housing or a a, a technical college or a trade school or, I don't know, anything. Anything but a university. It is now so diseased, so rotten, so shameful as an institution of learning, it should be closed.
0: It's so troubling to think that there are faculty and students that think, and we just struck a blow for all that is right in the world by keeping this guy off our campus you people are nuts it's horrible but it gives me
3: some hope that the new york times is haltingly uh, uncertainly saying uh, c- can we look at this a little bit because it looked like this guy was a pretty good professor and and he went ahead and signed it but uh, so anyway i just wanted to tell don't be don't be angry Please don't be angry at us for bringing this up.
0: So I think he probably Sickening. just self-servingly thought if you can't beat him, join him. I, but it's possible he changed his mind. But either way, so people aren't allowed to change their mind and join your team because you ever thought it was a bad idea to have to get down on your knees and, and, and beg for the right to be there. Wow, that's right. incredible.
3: And, you know, a guy at UC Berkeley, shockingly, he's a professor of history and public policy, although if he has a grasp of history, he has a grasp of how ridiculous and radical these ideologies are. He says, professions of fealty to DEI ideology are so ubiquitous as to be meaningless. We're institutionalizing a performative dishonesty. Yep. Well, that that's exactly true, right. too. I mean, you can have AI write it for you because AI knows what to write because it's just formulaic but i don't even want to go to that argument i will not accept it the practice of it enough to say well it doesn't really work anyway no no i'm rejecting it prima facie
0: by ai did you mean artificial intelligence or alan iverson have you seen that ad it's pretty funny guys i have sit- not sir guys sitting on the couch what time's the game on i'll ask ai what time's the game on and then the camera pans out it's alan iverson sitting on the couch it's on eight it's on at eight o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious <laughs> that's funny hey if you own an ipad or an iphone and a lot of you do, better you better stay tuned this is important among other things on the way
1: armstrong and getty
2: at purdueglobal.edu. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: That's interesting, I got an alert on my phone just as I was about to talk about it. It says on my iPhone, iOS 16.6.1 is available and will be installed later tonight. I will install it sooner than that as a warning has just gone out from Apple to do your software update immediately on your phone, your iPad, and your watch as some hackers out there have discovered some sort of vulnerability to get into your wallet and get your information and cause real yeah. problems. And they've they got a fix for it, but you got to update your software immediately. So I will do that. Um, came across this yesterday. Thought it was interesting. Oh, it's September. So that means Apple's got their new stuff coming out. And uh, I don't know if anything exciting is going to happen, but I'm looking forward to the uh, the watch update. Yes.
3: Well, it better be exciting. This headline, the Wall Street Journal, Apple becomes the biggest U.S.-China pawn yet. Few companies are safe if Apple isn't immune to China retaliation. Their stock plunged yesterday after China announced that it's banning the iPhone and other foreign-branded devices from uses by workers at central government agencies.
0: Yeah, I remember when the Wall Street Journal had this story, geez, last year, and said, Hey, companies, wake up. It's coming sooner or later. It is coming, the splitting from China. You're not going to be able to have a plant in China making all your stuff. You better get out now, because if the Chinese government all of a sudden decides, they'll just, they're just going to have your building and your stuff and your equipment and everything. And how are you going to get or, it out of there? Or many steps
3: uh, you know, short of that in the way of harassment. There are a thousand ways they could screw with you.
0: Yeah. Unrestrained by courts or laws. That's interesting. So uh, how much time I got, Michael? I think I have time for this. Two minutes. Okay. So this study yesterday about how much the average streamer made last year. I'm kind of interested in this because my kids, like every kid, would like to be a streamer. That's what kids want to be now. I mean, there are still kids, I suppose, that want to be a pro sports star or a musician or whatever. But practically every kid wants to be a streamer. In fact, they have polling on that four out of five eighty percent of general uh, of Gen Z and Millennials consider streaming a real job industry and something that they're interested in um the uh, which is fine because it is a real job and uh and people do make money on it in fact it's uh, they did a poll and found that 51 percent of streamers have made money from it the average person has only made twelve hundred dollars in the last year, so it's not like you're going to live on it. But ten percent have made enough to consider quitting their job to stream full time. It's brutally competitive, but you know a lot of things are. So yes, yeah, this so, is. So is everything else where you're going to have a cool job and make a lot of money. So mm-hmm. you know, whatever that that is one b- part of that that bothered me. The poll um, is it going to be easy or not? Three quarters in the Gen Z generation said it'll be easy, while baby boomers were on the opposite side, um, (laughs) pretty much with all of them saying it's going to be hard. Uh, Where
3: is this,
0: Twitch? Send me the address. I am definitely telling my kids that. It is a real industry, and it is something you can do, but it is going to. Don't think it's going to be easy. Oh, no, I've heard it's
3: incredibly stressful, but, uh, you know, again... A, a, a fun job that makes lots of money there's going to be something that there's a reason you're making a lot of money it's because you're doing something very difficult that few people can do successfully
0: man if it's something you have a passion for though it would be a fun job and it's you know your own hours when you want to do it from home pretty cool i'm going
3: to do a stream on streams i'm going to be next to streams i'm going to point them out say isn't it a beautiful look a trout what
1: do you think a Maybe? stream stream armstrong and getty
2: at purdueglobal.edu. The Armstrong and Getty Show. North Korea revealing
0: new images. What it says is its first tactical nuclear attack submarine. North Korean media claiming the sub can launch a nuclear attack from underwater. Kim Jong-un attending the launch ceremony. South Korea sanctioning five North Koreans involved in the financing and building of that submarine. Well, that's nice. So... South
3: Koreans? They're, they're, they're going to sanction them? You ought to hang
0: them. So, um, different story we'll talk about later. It was going all day long, and then Elon Musk responded to it later in the day. Did Elon Musk single-handedly stop a Ukrainian offensive, an off offensive move against the Russians in war? because he was afraid of how it would turn out that it would start world war 3 wow not comfortable with that idea right and i remember ian bremer tweeting a while back that some of our tech giants have more power than practically anybody's any individuals ever had
3: wow yeah that's a that's a great point to contemplate clearly it's true oh yeah clearly it's true so politically, uh, in terms of shaping ideas and elections and the rest of it, and apparently stopping attacks and war. All right. I'll stay tuned. Things are getting weird. And they're getting weird fast. You're right, Elon. I'm, I'm starting to feel like, you know, when you're watching a movie and there's a character that you think is a good guy. And you first get that glimpse of, wait a minute. Why'd they show that shot? Oh, wait, no! With Elon
0: Musk. Oh, Really? Yeah, yeah, I'm still I'm still, uh, I'm still uh, a positive on Elon. He
3: may be evil. I haven't decided yet. No, I don't think he's an evil genius. Oh, speaking of stories, had an interesting experience uh, this morning. I woke up two hours earlier than I usually get up and uh, relieved myself, as they say in polite company, went back to bed. And why did uh, and, you and, tell uh, us that? Uh, it's, I'm a storyteller. Who? <laughs> Filling in details. <laughs> Setting the scene.
0: I don't think those are details that ever need to be filled in. All right. Well, everybody's got an opinion. I've mm-hmm. never... I've never. Everybody's ever, a critic. I used to wonder that about TV shows as a kid. Nobody ever goes to the bathroom. And then you get older, and you realize, well, yeah, you know, that's perfectly reasonable to leave that out. Like, I've never... <laughs> you don't read novels where the character all of a sudden has to go, you know, number two. And then they describe it. <laughs> well, oh. maybe they should.
3: Maybe they should. Wow. I don't interrupt your stories to criticize them. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, speaking of stories, uh, oddly enough, I've been—I've had this idea for a story percolating in my head. Um, basic ideas, a little vague on the details. Uh, protagonist uh, overcomes difficulties. Hmm? Anyway, <laughs> you get that reference, you get it. Uh, but so I'm laying there in bed and attempting to go to sleep, and uh, again, and uh, the entire story just develops in my head, just pours out of my oh, brain.
0: Wow, wow! And, and I know from following this with great writers. You gotta write this down, or it'll disappear. How about with crappy writers? I mean, asking for a
3: friend. Anyway, uh, but I thought, no, you, you dumb bunny, you are not gonna say, "I'll remember in the morning." You are gonna grab your phone, which is right over there, and you are going to put down the notes. And so I put down a couple of pages of notes, then tried to go back to sleep, then did another page, and tried to go back to sleep, and another I never did go back to sleep, but boy, howdy, I get a
0: lot of work done, so I'm, that was kind of cool. So I'm interested, after, did you go back to sleep at some point, or you've been up no. the whole time? Okay. But up the whole time. some of the greatest songs, movies, scientific ideas, whatever, have come to people in the middle of the night, and... And, and some of them have been lost to history because somebody didn't write them down. I've done that a million times, and I'm sure they weren't brilliant ideas. But I've done that so many times where I think of, like, song lyrics or something like that. And I think, no, this is so good and obvious. I will remember it. No. No, it's completely gone. When you wake Often up you in the don't morning.
3: even remember that you were going to try to right, remember something right. complete, Yeah. Not, without a trace.
0: That's a weird thing about creativity. There are so many stories of people doing this. Well, Keith Richards, bah, 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 the, 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 the riff from Satisfaction was that. Right. He woke up in the middle of the night and wrote it down.
3: Well, yeah, He actually, I think he sang it or played it into a tape recorder, got up, looked at his tape recorder and said, Why is the tape all the way to the right? And rewound it and listen to it. I had no memory of having done that. So if you have an idea, have a, a pad or a phone next to you in bed, and who knows, maybe your, uh, your work of genius will not be lost to humanity. Anyway, where was I? Ah, uh, so then I went up. I had to go to the bathroom again, and uh, no, I'm <laughs> now I'm just annoying Jack. <laughs> On a much, much, much more serious note, uh, a month after the horrible inferno in Maui, the FBI is saying there are about 380 people unaccounted for, can't find them. It's an island. It's not like they hitchhiked to
0: Omaha. No, uh, and, and you would have contacted somebody by now. Uh, and, yeah, and, what and the was,
3: families are trying to come to terms with uh, their loss, which is just heartbreaking.
0: But you see, you got about 400 missing, and then what's the death total? Uh, about
3: 115, officially.
0: So it's going to be around 500?
3: Yeah, something like that. Man, that's rough. Yeah, it's it's terrible. And that story about they put up barricades to keep people from fleeing northward because they thought, nah, because the fire's kind of north. It was the people who drove around the barricades that were able to save themselves. Those who said, oh, barricade, we better turn back, died. So, wow, grim. Anyway, uh, so that's sad, obviously, and troubling moving along. Dang it, that's a rough story. The fabulous Michael Schellenberger pointing out uh, the other day a couple of CNN headlines uh, about 10 days apart. While wild, why wildfires happen? Debunking the myth that arson is to blame more than climate change. 10 days later, this headline. Greek police arrest dozens for arson as EU's largest ever wildfire rages. So, dozens for arson. What is it with people? I mean, global warming or no global warming, if you have dozens of arsonists running around lighting stuff on fire, you're going to have fires. They had to
0: to pause one of the U.S. Open tennis matches last night because a climate activist glued themselves to the court? Yeah. Yeah. I think we have
3: audio of that. Was that a
0: climate activist or an animal rights activist? I thought it was climate. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Play clip 16, Michael. There's a disruption going on in the stadium
1: right now, um, in the upper upper deck. We had a
0: disruption in the opening game last night. Uh, in the, is it a medical emergency No, it's, it's too far to see. It's somebody yelling, uh, almost like a protest. I can't hear. I'm sorry.
3: Yeah, and somebody glued their feet to the court or something like mm. that? You know the Joe Getty policy. Hey, you glued yourself to the court and now you're on the court. Resume play. Right. You get smashed ball. in the Come face out. by a tennis ball or a racket or get run over. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm sorry,
0: who glued you to the court? I did. I did it myself. Okay, play on. Well, we we gotta figure out a way to stop this from happening.
3: I just solved it. Well, I know you did, but a few people get run over or trample at a football game or or starve to death in an art gallery. That'll take care of it. <laughs> Why do you ignore my genius? So uh, a quick note uh, that, that you're going to love this. You're going to love hate it. A climate scientist, an actual climate scientist, explaining what you have to say and not say to get your paper published in the big journals. Like, there's no choice no matter what your data shows. Stay with us. First, a quick word from HelloFresh. HelloFresh! fresh. Hello, fresh. The- They do the hard work, the meal planning, the shopping, the delivering, everything you need to cook cook up a tasty fresh meal right at home, and you get to take the credit. HelloFresh is easy, it's fun, and it's super
0: delicious. 40 weekly recipes, over 100 add-on items to choose from. Also around-the-clock stuff, family faves from HelloFresh, time-saving breakfasts, family dinners, kid-approved lunches, snacks. They've got it all. And you don't actually need a lot of time to whip up a wholesome meal at home. And a great meal,
3: too. It's so much better than fast food. Quick and easy recipes like 15-minute meals from HelloFresh. You can get a tasty dinner on the table in less time than it takes to get takeout and for less money. Join America's number one meal kit today. Right now, get 50% off plus 15% off the next two months with code 50Armstrong at HelloFresh.com slash 50 Armstrong. Try the spicy pork bowls. Oh, my. That's code 50 Armstrong at HelloFresh.com slash 50 Armstrong. Bon appétit, my friends. So this is a guy. Did he give his name? I'm kind of surprised he did. Yeah, he did. Patrick T. Brown. I left out the full truth to get my climate change paper published. I just got published in Nature because I stuck to a narrative I knew the editors would like. That's not the way science should work. And he says, if you've been reading any news about wildfires this summer from Canada to Europe to Maui, you'll surely get the impression they're mostly the resort of, uh, result of climate change. Then he has links to a bunch of different stories and a bunch of different news outlets. I am a climate scientist, and while climate change is an important factor affecting wildfires over many parts of the world, it isn't, cl- it isn't close to the only factor that deserves our sole focus. So why does the press focus so intently on climate change as the root cause? Perhaps for the same reasons I did in an academic paper about wildfires in nature, one of the world's most prestigious journals. It fits a simple storyline that rewards the person telling it. And he says, you just have to leave out balancing factors or caveats or... He says, to put it bluntly, climate science has become less about understanding the complexities of the world and more about serving as a kind of Cassandra, urgently warning the public about the dangers of climate change. However understandable this instinct may be, it distorts a great deal of climate science research, misinforms the public, and most importantly, makes practical solutions more difficult to achieve.
0: We've heard this before over a number of years. You want to get a grant. You are hardcore. Climate change is going to kill us all next year if you push back on that at all, nobody's going to give you any money to do that research. Right. Yeah, exactly.
3: Uh, I would add to his list of damages that this does is it makes people who become aware of it very cynical. Absolutely. Once you become conscious you're being lied to partly, but you never know which part, you just close your ears. Uh, I think it's notable, too, this guy is not in the employ of Exxon or, or anything like that. He's an actual climate scientist who believes... Uh, climate change is is happening and it's raising temperatures and and aid in, and contributing to various you know weather phenomenon phenomena. Uh, but he's brave enough to come out and say, "Hey, this is also tilted. This is dishonest. This
0: is not science." So good for him. So Elon Musk weighed in later in the day yesterday on a story was out there that he single handedly with his Starlink system, which is how they're communicating over there in uh, Ukraine. Uh, so they got Internet. He stopped an attack of the Ukrainians on the Russians because he thought it was too much and it would start World War III. Oh, well, obviously, that's horrifying. The idea of, you know, one man being able to step into a war and make a decision like that. Well, he pushed back on that, and we've got uh, the detail, details coming up. It's a darn interesting story. And even if it didn't happen, that sort of thing can happen in the future. Uh, so it's, man... Wow, what a things are things are getting weird and they're getting weird fast. Stay with us. Things are getting weird and they're getting weird fast.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
2: at purdueglobal.edu. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: Bruce Springsteen postponing all concerts this month, revealing his medical condition, suffering from a peptic ulcer. He's being treated for that ulcer. The condition can cause abdominal pain and internal bleeding. Now, 73 years old, he postponed two shows in Philadelphia because of illness last month. He says he's heartbroken, promising, quote, we'll be back to pick these shows up and then some. The tour is set to resume in Canada in November. Of course, Bruce Springsteen's got ulcers. He's the boss. You got HR difficulties. You got uh, offshoring jobs. You got your guitar player doing his thing in Indonesia because it's cheaper. I mean, it's tough being the boss. Got to deliver
3: those quarterly
0: results. Nobody thinks long term anymore. I was thinking yesterday about various. uh, A lot of my favorite musicians are not well known. I could name them right now, but you wouldn't know who they are. But they have aged and like gone a- gone ahead and adjusted their act as they aged like they go ahead and they they embrace the gray hair and the the songs that reflect being old and they don't but but some your bigger stars they're they're trying to do it exactly the same way as they did it when they're speaking you know the Rolling stones you know you got mm-hmm. the super hot chick in your video and everything like it can't she just embrace being 80 somehow? And write songs about that? There's a lot of old people. There's more old people now than there's ever been. Why don't you relate to those people instead of young people thinking about sex all the time?
3: I don't know. I just think there's such a corporation, the Stones, that they're not going to mess with the formula.
0: Or Springsteen. It is he increasingly be, ridiculous. He just can't be an old man talking about being an old man at this point?
3: Yeah. got to be think, the wild, yeah. rebellious
0: rocker? Yeah. Whatever.
3: I'm kind of over Bruce, including musically. I just they're they're a, a tribute to themselves. They're a Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band tribute act.
0: So this story was uh, uh, got a lot of attention yesterday. I find it very interesting and certainly interesting for the future of the world. Elon Musk has acknowledged that he denied satellite internet service in order to prevent a Ukrainian drone attack on a Russian naval fleet last year, prompting an angry response from a Ukrainian official. Now, I don't think enough people are aware of this. Elon should get more credit for this. At the very beginning of the war, Russia was in the process of trying to knock out Uh, Ukraine's ability to communicate with each other. Remember in the early days when everybody was afraid that uh, Putin was going to be able to take Kiev in like 24 hours and what a horror that was going to be. Elon comes in at the very beginning of the war, puts the Starlink satellite system in place so Ukraine has Internet connection and can continue to communicate. And many people have said that was a difference maker. That was the difference between Ukraine falling in a couple of days and not. And Elon should get a lot of credit for that. Anyway, um, and it's, as they say here in the New York Times, it's been a digital lifeline in Ukraine since the very beginning days of the war for both civilians and soldiers, so that people could communicate with, you know, your loved ones and everything like that as you're under attack. On Thursday, CNN reported that an excerpt from Walter Isaacson's upcoming biography on Elon Musk said that the billionaire had ordered the deactivation of Starlink satellite service near the coast of Crimea last September to thwart the Ukrainian attack. The excerpt said that Mr. Musk had conversations with a Russian official that led him to worry that an attack on Crimea could spiral into nuclear conflict. Later on Thursday, Elon responded on his social media platform X to say that he hadn't disabled the service, but had rather refused to comply with an emergency request from Ukrainian officials to enable the Starlink connections to Sevastopol on the occupied Crimean Peninsula. Okay,
3: that's a bit of a difference. Is it? Same effect. That was an
0: effect, an acknowledgement that he had made the decision to prevent an Ukrainian attack. I'm not sure there is much of a difference there. The obvious intent being to sink most of the Russian fleet at anchor, he wrote on X, formerly known as Twitter. If I had agreed to the request, then SpaceX would explicitly be complicit in a major act of war and conflict escalation. Ah, I don't know if you can get into the business of doing this and then start calling balls and strikes, man. If you're a utility, which certainly Starlink is, I mean, in the purest form,
3: it's a utility. Uh, You got to act like a utility.
0: This drew an angry response from an unpronounceable, a senior advisor to, to President Zelensky of Ukraine. Mr. Musk's interference, he said, had allowed Russia's naval fleet to continue firing cruise missiles at Ukrainian cities. As a result, civilians and children are being killed. This is the price of a cocktail of ignorance and big ego.
3: Oh, on uh, Twitter itself. By the way, I'm making a brave stance of I'm going to call it Twitter until it's no longer necessary to say X, formerly
0: known as Twitter. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with that, too. Uh, Within days of the full scale scale invasion, Musk had sent Starlink terminals to the country. And again, it it turned the whole thing around. Uh, They have him to be thankful for that. But wow, that is that is a heck of a thing. Elon Musk deciding no that's that's too much pushing back against the country who's murdering children and trying to take you over. Yeah. Uh that ain't that ain't good. So the Russians lobbied him. Well, wait a minute.
3: Wait a minute. So the Ukrainians made that emergency request. You got to turn Sevastopol live. You got to flip that switch. And Elon said, yeah, yeah, let me think about it. And then he went to the Russians. Otherwise, unless the Russians had some intelligence, and that's possible, um, how did they know to talk him out of
0: it? That's a good question. Regardless of this this happening the way it looks like it happened or not, that sort of thing will happen in the future.
3: Well, it's already happened. Many people, many sane, reasonable people think the 2020 election was stolen, not by, you know, uh, that uh, voting company, uh, voting machine company and all that ridiculousness. But um, because all of the media and social media banded together in a way that was dishonest and, and brutally undemocratic to twist people's perceptions.
0: Right. And when it's Facebook and Twitter, for instance, or Google, that's like three people making that decision. Three. Yeah. In this case, Elon won. Wow, that's a man, Elon. If you miss an hour of this show, grab the podcast. You should subscribe. Armstrong and Getty on demand.
1: Armstrong and Getty.